Welcome to the Mobile App Makers Podcast, the podcast where I interview mobile app creation experts from all disciplines so we can learn from them. Hi, well, welcome everybody. Today I'm with Mike Hudson, CEO and co-founder of GameBay. He has been in the industry for more than 15 years, working on hyper-casual games to much bigger mid-core titles. And the reason I invited him today was to talk about app stores. In the last conversation that I had with him, he blew my mind with how many app stores there are. And I'm sure we'll get to that number later in the interview. But in the meantime, Mike, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for inviting us on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I mean, you gave a good uh, a good rundown there, to be fair, of, I guess, myself in the industry. As you said, I've been you know doing this now for a good 15 years. I started when I was still at school, you know, started back in the Flash game days on the browser when, you know, that was a relevant piece of technology back in the day. Um, and yeah, worked all the way through, you know, the emergence of uh, mobile stores, iOS, Google Play, worked with many of the uh, big companies and publishers that exist today um, over that time and worked on many games and many various projects uh, over that time as well that, you know, I guess has kind of led us to where, you know, we are now as a team and what we're working on at GameBake, which is, as you said, the app stores and for us opening up the distribution to the many different stores that are out there and the many different channels to uh, be taken advantage of. And mobile app distribution has historically been on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Can you tell us a bit more how it is changing today? Sure. I mean, you know, we've all had the news over the last, you know, week, couple of weeks. And uh, to be fair, probably the last year or so with the Apple, you know, versus Epic, that's just come to a close. And, you know, the various sort of anti, uh, I guess, trust cases against Apple and Google globally as well, trying to not break them up, but I think, you know, open them stores up and them ecosystems up. So there's more, I guess, opportunity and more choice for developers to take advantage of uh, the distribution that them stores offer but also be able to easily get to other stores and other platforms that exist out there. You know, there's a lot, as you said at the very beginning, with many different device manufacturers now. You know, Samsung's kind of, you know, historically sort of the number one Android device manufacturer, I would say. Um, and everyone else kind of, you know, kind of faded into insignificance a little bit um, at the very start. But now, you know, Rise of Huawei, Xiaomi, Oppo um, out of China has really, you know, changed the game, to be fair. and it's really now got to a point where these guys, they have hundreds of millions of devices in distribution globally. For them, there's only so many devices, you, you know, you can sell, to be honest. You know, that's where Samsung kind of are. It's, you know, plateaued. And it's the same with Apple as well. There's only so many devices they can sell before you get to sort of the top of the mountain. Um, and that's why, you know, Apple have shifted to services and, you know, that's been massively successful for them. Um, and that's what these guys are starting to see now. And, you know, Huawei have been forced into it. That's why they've opened up and started building their own ecosystem for their devices. Um, and you're starting to see now with the likes of Samsung and the other manufacturers that, you know, why are we handing it to Google pretty much? You know, <laughs> there's, there's no need. We're giving, we're giving our, our next growth spurt, um, we're giving it away to Google, basically. And they don't need to do that. They have the infrastructure and they have the means to be able to set their own ecosystems up. And that's really where things are starting to, you know, to head now. Yeah, so really they're all fighting for revenues at this point and trying to get the revenue that they left for Google uh, to take it back, essentially. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course they've got, you know, deals in place, you know, behind the scenes where they're still making their part from the Google Play Store and from the revenue that's generated there. But at the end of the day, you know, for Samsung, for example, they've done all this work selling the devices. You know, they've got Samsung Pay. They've got the Galaxy Store already. 
you know, that does exist. It has done for a while. So it just makes sense for them to, you know, follow really and truly Apple's, I guess, lead with the services side of things. And also, you know, seeing what Huawei have done, they've proven Huawei that, you know, you don't need Google Play to have a successful ecosystem on your devices. And they're starting to see that now. So, you know, why give anything up to, to Google, really? You know, Android's an open source operating system, so they can still carry on leveraging that for their devices. But they can start to take back control for the Galaxy Store, start working with the contents and, you know, the developers to, I guess, get them into their ecosystem, which at the end of the day, they're going to have control over. And that's kind of what these guys want. You know, they need that control so they can uh, guide the users into what they see is going to monetize, I guess, their platform and their ecosystem the best. And I guess, you know, you mentioned Huawei is kind of taking the lead and showing that it's possible to go without Google Play Store. And it's kind of ironic because they were kind of forced in that position in the first place. So cool. And so with all those store multiplying, I'm sure there's a lot of ramification from this when it comes to implementing in-app purchases and subscriptions and all those kind of store-dependent features. Can you tell us a bit more about that? There's nothing particularly different in the sense of, you know, Huawei in-app purchases. I mean, you don't need to change the game. Let's put it that way. You know, the core of the game is the same on Huawei and Samsung and Xiaomi and all these other stores as it is on Google Play and iOS. You know, nothing needs to change there. Um, the issue really is, I guess, the technology um, and the integrations that are needed to get to every single one of these stores. And that's what really causes the problem and I think is the greatest barrier for most uh, developers out there now because, you know, it is a lot of work, as you know we all know, just to integrate a simple SDK because, you know, every SDK is one line of code, of course. That's how it's sold. And it, it never is. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it never actually is one line of code. Yes. And no matter how simple it is, you know, it, it, it still takes time. It still takes resources. And, you know, that's something that as developers, you could be working on something else to, you know, increase their game KPIs, increase revenue in the game and, you know, increase your, I guess, scale on the platforms you've already supported. It's really kind of the technology side of things that makes it, I think, really difficult to get to Huawei and Samsung, let alone sort of the whole ecosystem play as well, which, you know, as I just said, they're starting to build these guys, but it still is very, very early days. And a lot of the platforms, you know, they have hundreds of millions of users in a lot of cases uh, globally, but they don't have their own payments included, which means you then have to start forming partnerships with payment providers. You know, that's another sort of piece of bit of time that's needed on the BD side to get that sorted, plus the integration there, plus the upkeep and the updates there as well. And ads is not even worth talking about it. Might as well not exist at all outside of iOS and Google Play. So yeah, if you've got an ad-based, you know, hyper-casual game, give up, <laughs> to be fair, because there is no ads outside of Google Play and iOS pretty much. I mean, Huawei is by far the best uh, with their system, but you are locked into just using Huawei ads at the moment. And it's better than nothing, but it definitely has a lot of improvements as well just to make that viable, even on sort of a, a really basic case, you know, for the hyper-casual games. So yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. And I guess that's kind of what we're doing with GameBake. You know, we're taking up, <laughs> taking the torch and taking on the challenge. And yeah, we could be a bit crazy, to be fair, but you know, I guess we'll jump in at deep end and we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's a good challenge to take on. And just so we get the, the answer to that question that I gave at the top, like how many stores can you get into today? If you're in including China, which is a completely different conversation, to be fair. I mean, there is you know, 20, 25, 30 sort of plus stores 
really and truly, you know, within China itself, there's probably five or six core stores that you need to go to on the Android side. And you could probably forget about everybody else. But if you wanted, you know, that full coverage, then yeah, you're definitely, you know, going to be counting on more than two hands pretty much to get there. And then, you know, looking more, I guess, sort of into the West, you know, it's still relatively new in Western markets. So, you know, North America and Europe. So there isn't tons and tons of stores there. I mean, App Gallery is probably the biggest, I would say, third store throughout Europe. And then you've got Galaxy Store, which probably sits number sort of four or five um, alongside like Xiaomi um, as well um, in North America and Europe. So, you know, when you get into sort of more Western markets, if you're including iOS and Google Play, you've probably got a top of, you know, four or five stores that you really should be taking advantage of. Um, but as you start to spread into, uh, I'll say, more Eastern markets, you know, excluding China, looking at sort of Southeast Asia, you know, into India as well, um, MENA region, where you have a lot more stores that are very specific to certain um, markets. So, for example, Cafe Bazaar in Iran, something that probably a lot of, you know, developers, a lot of studios don't even think about as sort of a, a good market to go to. But, you know, there's well over 70 million sort of active gamers and uh, players in Iran itself. And, you know, they are high value users as well that are lacking content in that market. Um, so if you can get your game there and, you know, you can work with the right partners um, to be able to localize and, you know, really have an effective, I guess, chance within a market like that, it's not Google Play that you want to be distributing to. You know, you want to be working with Cafe Bazaar within that market to really take full effect of it. The same as well in South Korea and sort of the wider SEA region. You know, you're looking more working with someone like One Store, for example, that is number two to Google Play still, but for more mid-core to hardcore games. It's definitely the destination, especially in South Korea, that a lot of gamers, mobile gamers, obviously specifically, are visiting to get their games. And again, you know, that's something that you should be looking into really when you're wanting to distribute into these markets and really, you know, take take advantage of what is out there. And one extra distribution channel that you introduced me to when we chatted last time was the instant gaming. Can you explain what instant gaming is? I guess it's kind of exactly what it says on the tin you know it's instant gaming and uh, you know it's mainly sort of focused towards the social platforms you know you don't need to download any apps there's no installing of any apps i guess is more accurate to say um, and you can play directly within the social environment so within facebook uh, with facebook instant it's you know simply tap the play button and you know the game boots up within facebook itself ready for you to play same with Snapchat with Snap Games as well. And then looking, you know, into China with WeChat, uh, QQ. China, like, you know, most things has a lot more platforms. So I guess there's a lot more people there to sort of cover. Um, but there's a lot of instant gaming platforms in China that they're exactly the same concept. You know, it's simply playing within, I guess, a social environment with your friends and being able to play with, you know, the click of a finger pretty much. No installs, no downloads required, just, you know, get in there and game. And so we talked earlier about how complicated it is to deploy to all those stores. And I'm assuming that deploying to instant gaming platform is also adding a layer of complexity. Let's talk about the benefits of being on all those distribution channels. Like why would somebody want to try to hit them all or at least a good chunk of them? I guess in a really sort of a really simple way is to you know protect your game, protect your IP. And you, know, you can have control over you know, what your game is, where your games are being played downloaded and yeah just keeping full control of it to start with because the unfortunate fact is you know if you don't put your game for example on app gallery 
someone else is going to do it for you. And they're the ones that are going to be benefiting from it commercially. You know, no matter how big or, or small that is, you know, they are going to be the ones that are, you know, technically, you know, taking that money from your pocket and from your hard work. It's just an unfortunate fact of the industry, unfortunately. Um, and that's the same with everywhere. You know, that's even more prevalent when you're looking at HTML5 and, you know, onto web platform and instant gaming platforms. If you just check Facebook out now, you would look at the, you know, sort of the list of games, you know, go, oh, you know, there's quite a lot of the big hyper casual games on there. They are, just they're not from the actual <laughs> developers or studios most of the time. You know, it's from uh, people cloning the games, you know, ripping them and then uploading to that platform to benefit from, you know, the success of these games on iOS and Google Play. So, you know, that's one reason to really keep control of your game and keep control of the IP and what you've worked hard on more than anything. And of course, you know, the second reason is the commercial uh, aspects that comes into it. You know, there is a lot of scale outside of just iOS and Google Play to be had. And although the ecosystem is still developing and, you know, it's only going to get better month over month, there is still, you know, a great commercial opportunity to really increase your revenues across, the, you know, your portfolio of games, no matter how many you've got by going to these extra stores and taking advantage of the users they've got. And to be fair, taking advantage of the lack of content and competitiveness on these stores as well, because it does mean that you can, especially with a hit game from iOS and Google Play, it gives you a lot of leverage as a developer to uh, really take advantage of the store promos and features that these guys can offer. You can take advantage and negotiate down their revenues uh, share as well, so you can take more from the in-app purchases. And user acquisition, where you can do it, is cheaper. It just, it, it just is. <laughs> it, 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 there's not as much competition. There's, there's literally nobody buying, not just less. So, uh, yeah, you can expect a lot cheaper CPIs on App Gallery and, you know, these other stores, for example, than you're going to be seeing on iOS and Google Play. And considering it's the same, technically the same user base, just a different device. Your ROI really on these games should be uh, a lot higher. So you might not get the same 100 million installs from Europe as you would potentially from Google Play. But, you know, the installs you are getting are just as valuable. And with them lower CPUs, you know, the commercial opportunity is just as good. Good, yeah. Uh, it's good to know because if, you know, especially if you want to maybe do some testing first, it's possible you can probably test on those stores first and then really deploy on the other stores afterwards. To get back a little bit to instant games versus App Store games, like full mobile app, for what kind of game would it be a good choice to do an instant game versus deploying in the App Store? Or, or am I thinking about this wrong? I mean, there, there is some you know developers and studios out there that are just literally targeting instant games and doing really well with it as well. And you know, a lot of the time they're focused on more casual to mid-core titles, and you could say that sort of Candy Crush type of game where they take advantage of the in-app purchases, but they take advantage as well of the communities that can be built up around these games. Um, and that's where they really you know, excel and do very well on you know, platforms like Snap, like uh, um, Facebook and so on. Um, but the majority of games, to be fair, I think just like iOS and Google Play of recent years, hyper-casual is definitely ones that you know, work really well. That doesn't mean that all hyper-casual games will work. Um, it just means there's a little bit, I think, less work to get them on there and test them out, at least on a platform like Facebook or Snap. But again, you know, these platforms are very different to the app stores in the sense of, at the end of the day, they're social platforms. You know, Facebook 
Snapchat, WeChat, you know, they're, they're all about interaction between friends, between communities, um, and when it comes to games, between players as well. Um, and if you're not willing to take advantage of the features that these platforms have, and I guess the upside that they have, which is, you know, the social sharing and, you know, the virality that these games can push if you do it correctly, you're going to fail on these platforms. That's just the unfortunate fact. So you need to not just put a game on these platforms and just go, oh, you know, Facebook has. 2 billion users, you know, if we can get a little chunk of that, then perfect. Throw our game on there and let's see what happens because nothing will happen unless you're extremely lucky, basically. But in most cases, you know, if you want to be going to Facebook and Snapchat, you want to have a bit of a game plan and you want to understand these stores, understand the features on the stores as well and be willing to put that bit of extra work in um, to integrate the features properly and, I guess, be able to run user acquisition on these channels how it's meant to be on them channels specifically. So then you can have a game that is successful. If my listeners want to learn more about what you, how you're making this easier for them through GameBake, where where can they go to learn more about it? GameBake.io is the website. I mean, that's getting updated this month. So hopefully it'll be a lot clearer and uh, to the point of what we're doing. But, you know, it, it gives a good overview right now at the very least anyway of what it is that we're doing. But in most cases, feel free to reach out to me. I'm, I'm more than happy to you know, jump into conversations and uh, give any help to anybody, to be fair, um, that might need it and want some more information on you know, H5 instant gaming platforms or just the wider app stores that are available. So you know, always feel free to reach out. So how can people reach out to you? LinkedIn. I guess you, we can throw some links into sort of the descriptions and stuff. And uh, yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best where I'm actually most active. You've got Twitter as well, but... That kind of just sits on the sidelines for me nowadays. I try not to get involved in Twitter debates and stuff because we all know where that ends up. <laughs> so uh, we just leave it. I'll just leave it alone most of the time. But yeah, you know, feel free to reach out. And uh, yeah, you know, I've got my email as well, Mike at gamebait.io. And you know, you're more than welcome to throw me an email and we can have a chat there as well. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you very much for joining me and giving great answers about app stores and all the complexities that go behind it. It was a, a pleasure to have you on. No, brilliant. Thanks again for the invite. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, the more we can do to drive the conversation, I think the better for the industry as a whole. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Mobile App Makers podcast. I'm Olivier Destrebeck. You can find more info on building mobile apps at mobileappmakers.chat.